0: And then we'll begin to prepare ourselves to take communion and uh, receive the second part of our sermon. Uh, For the past couple weeks, we have been exploring the concept of gossip in the Bible. Uh, In part one of our sermon series, Recognizing Gossip, we tried our best to define gossip according to God's Word. What does the Bible have to say about what gossip is? And uh, we deduce that gossip is this. It's sharing or listening to news about someone, whether false or true, with the intent or the potential to harm them, and that is done without their consent. And then last week in The Reason for Gossip, we saw that gossip comes from uh, unhealthy spiritual hearts. And we saw four examples of the kind of gossips that the Bible portrays. We saw the spy. We saw the grumbler. We saw the backstabber and the busybody. Uh, today, uh, our sermon is entitled Regretting Gossip. Regretting Gossip. And what we're going to do is in two parts. First of all, uh, Mitchell in his book on gossip suggests three reasons why we inevitably regret gossip when we are involved in it. Three reasons why we inevitably feel guilt and shame when we are involved in gossip. Uh, One of those reasons being is that gossip is irretrievable. Irretrievable, just like the feathers from the pillow as seen in our clip. Gossip is irretrievable. So we're going to see three reasons here. Uh, f- For regretting gossip. And then a little bit later, we will see three reasons, uh, three responses, excuse me, uh, when we gossip. So, what are we supposed to do when we find ourselves guilty of gossip? So, if you're taking notes, jot down three things. Three reasons we inevitably regret gossip. And the first reason is this it's because gossip, simply put, is sin. Gossip is sin. That's something that we've seen before, and we'll see it again this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans, uh, the book of Romans, chapter 1. In the first chapter of Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 32 Paul is arguing making an argument there and he's arguing for the fact that those who blatantly sin they blatantly disregard God's commandments that they are guilty before him they're guilty before him for just disregarding all that God does and one of the characteristics of those who do this is that of gossip so Romans chapter 1 and uh, we're going to look at verse 18 and then we're going to skip ahead and look at verse 29 through 32. So in verse 18 Paul says this. He says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the now notice, against all the godlessness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So he's talking about he's talking about a group of people that are characterized by godlessness and wickedness. He specifies that a little bit later, going down to verse 29. Notice, he lists all sorts of things that these kind of people are characterized by. Verse 29, he says, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are what? Gossips. So there's our word, right? They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, Arrogant and boastful, they invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Verse thirty-one. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things what deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. So the simple point that I want to make here in, is this: the first reason why we regret gossip is because gossip according to the scriptures, is sin. A little bit later, in Romans chapter 2, we find out that Paul makes this argument and he says, you know what, all of us, believers or unbelievers, that every human being that has ever existed has what I would call God's moral, moral code. God's moral code is written on our hearts. And so when we sin, when we transgress that moral code, we inevitably feel, feel a sense of guilt, a sense of regret. We know what we did is wrong, including gossip, uh, there's a wonderful example of this. In, in his book, uh, Mitchell shares an, an anonymous email that he got from a lady in his congregation. And I think this email uh, rightly portrays uh, the sense of guilt for Christian or not that we, that we get because we realize that gossip is sin. So I, I'll read this anonymous email. This young lady writes, uh, She had just uh, started a new job as, as a school teacher. That's the context of this email. She writes, For several months, I kept my mouth shut and simply listened to the talk about campus. When asked a direct question about another teacher or supervisor who my colleagues did not like, I would shrug and offer that I had no opinion. Mind you, I did not stop any gossip. Instead, I was quite intrigued to find out what the scoop was around town. She writes, This was just the beginning for me listening to the gossip without protesting. She continues to write in her email, It wasn't long before I had my own negative encounter with our supervisor. By this point, I had made several friends in the department, and I felt comfortable going to them with my issues. I wish I could say that I strictly presented the facts in a non-emotional way, but I never did, she writes. As a result, gossip started. Once this this little tiny bit of juice spilled from my lips, it kept flowing day after day, month after month, until I couldn't stop doing it. Even after the Holy Spirit convicted me that, I was, that what I was doing was wrong, I still couldn't stop. My gossip finally caught up to me and got me in trouble with the person that I had been speaking out against all of this time. Even after a confrontation, it was difficult to stop. The confrontation itself became a juicy piece of gossip to share with others. And she ends her email with these words as i type this i remember how much i hated myself then and still hate myself now for doing and saying what i did and then mitchell writes those are strong words and in her confession i hear shame disgrace condemnation and even self-loathing and i think the reason why is because we all know when we do wrong and we all recognize that sin Uh, is a whole wide range of things, including gossip. So I want to know, have you ever felt like this young lady did? Have you ever felt the, 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 the guilt or the shame, maybe feeling spiritually dirty, disgraced like this woman because you know you've participated in gossip? And it's because the first reason we regret it is because gossip is sin. But not only that, not only do we regret gossip because gossip is sin, simply put, we regret it because gossip is hurtful. Gossip hurts other people. So, I want to ask you a question and you don't have to answer it out loud, but have you ever been hurt by gossip? Have have you ever been pierced like a sword by gossip? I think if I could read your minds, all of you are shaking your heads in your minds and you would say, "Yes, I've been hurt by that." Think about how it felt, how it affected you, how it affected your emotions, how it affected your relationships, maybe how it affected your reputation. I think we regret gossip not only because gossip is sin, but since we've been hurt by it ourselves, we realize that when we do the gossiping, that we are hurting other people as well. The Bible, in particular, in the Proverbs and in the Psalms, known as the wisdom literatures, uh, show, reminds us, it shows us that our power, that our words have incredible power, and that our words have particularly incredible hurtful power uh, to other people. Psalm 55, 21 In this little psalm, we see David speaking about the power of words and how our words can be incredibly hurtful to other people. In this psalm, David speaks about the the deep pain of being betrayed by one of his closest friends. And notice what he says about this friend who betrayed him. Verse 21, His talk is as smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are like... His words are more, more soothing than oil, yet they are what? Drawn swords. Notice the imagery there. It's vivid. The words of gossip, in other words as well, but in this context, as we're talking about gossip, the words of gossip are like drawn swords. They, they pierce us through. They hurt us. I want to share a, a personal illustration of uh, experiences that I've had uh, being hurt by, by gossip. Uh, don't worry, it's not here. It's many, many years ago. In fact, it, it uh, goes all the way back to, I believe, fifth grade. Uh, so in fifth grade, as most of you maybe have been through, you're uh, getting to that point where you're starting to notice uh, members of the opposite sex, right, in fifth grade. And uh, you're changing, and uh, it's just a, a difficult time. So in fifth grade, uh, there was a young lady uh, who was, I think, a year younger than me, although I don't exactly remember, who I had uh, been fond of, let's say, For a very long time. In fact, she was uh, kind of a neighbor to me, family friend, so to speak. And uh, her name was Mindy Smith. And uh, so I I had liked her for a long time and had kept it a secret, right? I I was shy. I didn't want anybody to know, right? So I just kept it a secret. However, I made the mistake one day of letting whom I thought was uh, my best friend know that I had a particular attraction to this young woman. Well, it turned out that my best friend wasn't very, uh, a very good friend at all. Uh, because uh, later that afternoon, I find that they, he and, and uh, my group of friends uh, came to me and they said, hey, uh, so you like Mindy Smith? And I said, how did you know that? And he said, oh, well, so-and-so told me. And I said, oh, so-and-so told you, this good friend of mine who I confided in. And then, and it didn't stop there because as good or bad fifth grade boys do, I have a vivid imagery of them telling me, go talk to her. You need to go talk to her. I said, no, I'm not going to go talk to her. You need to go talk to her. And I refused to do that. I was very shy. And so uh, what they did, I still remember it. Uh, what they did is they physically picked me up, five of them. They picked me up and they pushed me to where she was talking with her friends. I was so embarrassed. I can, I can imagine just standing there like an idiot, like, hi, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure you're wondering why I'm standing here in front of you being forced to do so. So I don't know what I said. I'm sure it wasn't cool or smooth or anything like that. Uh, And then I went back to my friends, very angry, of course, and uh, very frustrated. Uh, But there were five of them and one of me, so I couldn't really do anything about it. And I I gave them the what for, told them I I didn't appreciate it. And in particular, I told the one guy, I didn't appreciate the fact that he gossiped on me, that he let loose my secret. Um, Well, it gets uh, worse, because I find out later that afternoon— uh, my friends come back to me after lunch and they say, hey, you know what we did? We were trying to help you out. And I said, you've done enough already, right? Uh, and they said, well, uh, because we know you like Mindy, uh, we took the liberty of going and, and asking her out for you. I don't know what the terminology was back in your day. It was going out or, or going around or dating or whatever you want to call these little mini marriages that happen in junior high, right? Um, but I said, you did What? And they said, well, we, we, we asked her out for you. And I said, you did what? And uh, they said, well, you, you know. And so uh, I got the devastating news at the end of the day that the girl that I had liked for so long, Mindy Smith, declined my invitation to go out. And uh, as a fifth grade boy, that was devastating. But all that to say, I think we all have stories of how we have been gossiped about, and it's been hurtful, Right? The reason we regret gossip when we do it is not only because it's sin, but it it hurts other people, right? Thirdly, the third reason why we regret gossip is because gossip, as we've seen in our video clip, it's irretrievable. It's irretrievable. Uh, Author Lori uh, Palatnik says this about gossip. I like this imagery. Gossip is like a fired bullet, she says. Gossip is like a fired bullet. Once you hear the sound, you can't take it back. And isn't that true of all of our words? But in particular with gossip, once we say it, it's out there. And in particular in the day of social media, if you put it out there on Facebook or Twitter, um, it's out there for the world to see. It's irretrievable. That's why in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, we get some wise advice. In Proverbs 21, 23, we get wise advice. It commends to us guarding what comes from our mouths because oftentimes what comes from our lips can bring calamity upon us, including the carnage of gossip. Uh, It says this, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. If I would have guarded my mouth and not told my best friend that I like Mindy Smith, I would have guarded myself, right, from the calamity that ensued. You know, as much as we would like to take back our words and as much as we would like to take back our gossip, once it is out, it is out. Just like once toothpaste is out of the tube, it's out. I don't know if you've ever tried this before to try to put toothpaste back in its tube, but I've tried it on many occasions because uh, my kids are becoming independent. And so at uh, tooth. At brushing time, uh, they want to participate, you know? So I could very easily get just the right amount of toothpaste and put it on their toothbrushes for them and give it to them. But, but at some point, what do they want to do? I want to squeeze, I want to squeeze. And I thought, okay, we'll try this. Bad call, right? And so what do they They, they squeeze it in all of the toothpaste, just comes squirting out. I'm like, well, stop, stop. And once you get the pressure on it, it doesn't stop, right? It just keeps on coming out. And, uh, and Shelley said, try to put it back. Try to put it back. Have you ever tried to put toothpaste back in the tube? It just doesn't work very well, right? Once it's out, it's out. It doesn't work very well. I've tried it, okay? Um, but, you know, the same, is, the same is true with our words. And the same is true with gossip. Once it's out, there's no use trying to put it back in. It's It's irretrievable. Have you ever experienced the irretrievable nature of gossip? Have you ever said something to a friend or said something in a public uh, venue or maybe said something on Facebook or Twitter and thought, oh, I want to take that back, and we just can't. It's irretrievable. And for all of these reasons, because gossip is sin, because it's hurtful, because it's irretrievable, we inevitably regret it. We regret it when we do it. So what should we do? What should we do afterwards? I mean— Are we just left there to soak in the shame of our gossip? Is there something that we can do after we feel the regret and and, and the shame and the guilt of being engaged in gossip? What can we do? Well, here in just a few minutes, after we sing some songs, we're going to prepare to to take communion, but we're going to learn that not only uh, are there three reasons that we regret gossip, there are three things that we can do when we feel guilty of gossip. There are three responses to gossip. We can, number one, we can repent. We can simply repent. Number two, we can retract. That is, we can go about trying to fix the damage that gossip has done. And number three, we can receive. We can receive God's grace. We can receive the forgiveness and the cleansing of our guilt that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's where we're going here in a minute. I'm going to ask Dan, one of our elders, to come pray for us Dan, would you come pray for us? We're going to sing songs that will focus our hearts and our minds on the cleansing that we can have through the cross. And Dan, would you, would you pray for us and help us to prepare as we hear the rest of our sermon and as we partake of the elements. So Dan, would you, would you do that for us now? Thank you. Church, let's stand and sing a few other songs this morning, focusing and singing about the goodness of the cross, Jesus' body and blood, shed for us, broken for us. Jesus, Messiah.
1: Here we go. He became sin, who knew no sin. We might become his righteousness He humbled himself and carried the cross Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus, Messiah Redeemer Emmanuel The rescue For sinners The ransom from heaven Jesus Messiah Lord of all His body, the bread His body the bread His blood the wine Broken and poured out All for love The whole earth trembled And the veil was torn Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus, Messiah, Messiah, Lord of all, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all, Lord of
0: all. Amen. Is he the Lord Church? Is the Lord of everything? And His grace is sufficient for us. Sing about that amazing grace.
1: Balls down. Shining as the sun, we've no less days to see Your praise than when we first begun. Hallelujah, grace like rain. Hallelujah, grace like rain falls down on me. Hallelujah, all my stains are washed away, they're washed away. Hallelujah, grace like rain.
0: Father, thank you that uh, though our sin uh, is, is, is much, though it's black and dark, and though we offend you numerous times over, thank you that you have showered your grace upon us through faith in Jesus. Thank you that through faith in him and through personal trust in him that the guilt and the shame of our sin, whether it be gossip or anything else, can be washed away, and that we don't have to, to live soaked and saturated in the guilt and the shame of any sin, whether it be gossip or not. And thank you that you can cleanse us, and that we can be free, and that by the power of your spirit, we can overcome our sin, that we can repent of sin, whether it be gossip or not, and that we can turn to you and trust in you and agree with you, and that you can empower us to overcome our sin. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you for giving us the victory through your death and resurrection. And thank you that one day there will be a a day when there will be no more sin and no more shame and no more guilt, and we will live with you forever and ever in perfect obedience and joy and relationship with you. Thank you for that. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have. I pray as we prepare to to listen to uh, your word again, and as we prepare to celebrate the broken word for us, that your body, Jesus, was broken for us, and that your blood was spilt for us, to offer us forgiveness of sins, both now and forever, and that we can be sure of that. So prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, Jesus, we pray. We ask it in, the, in your name, the name above all names, the name of our Lord and our Savior, our great God and King, the name of Jesus, and all of God's people, said, Amen. You can be seated. So, thus far this morning, we've seen uh, three reasons why we regret gossip. Uh, now, I want to change, uh, shift gears a little bit. And see, three responses. What do we do when we find ourselves feeling the guilt and shame of the sin of gossip? We know that uh, it's sin. We know that it's hurtful. We know that it's irretrievable. So what should we do? How should we respond when we find ourselves guilty of the sin of gossip? So three responses. Uh, The first one is, is simple. It's straightforward. And I think it's something we should all expect. But the first response when we gossip is simply this. We need to repent. We need to repent. Just as if... Uh, we commit any sin, the first step is always repentance. If you have your Bibles, turn with me now to the book of 2 uh, Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 through 21, I want to give you time to get there and share a little bit about the context. Uh, the church there in Corinth uh, is, um, let's just say, it's not an ideal church. Uh, they are like many other churches. They have problems. They're sinners. Uh, there are people who are believers who continue In sin. And Paul has gone back and forth with this church, and we find him writing, talking about uh, wanting to visit them again a third time. And he says in uh, chapter 12, verses 20 through 21, he says he fears that if he visits this church again, he's going to find them unrepentant of sins that he's previously, even personally, addressed. So in Earlier correspondence, both both 1 Corinthians and another letter that we don't know of, he wrote to them and he's dealing with their sin and he's pleading with them to repent and to stop and to turn to Jesus and to to start obeying God. He's pleading with them. And then he says, but I'm fearful. I'm fearful that if I come back a third time, I'm not going to find that that has happened. So notice what he says in verses 20 and 21. He says, for I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. In other words, if I come and I find that you're still unrepentant, you're not going to be happy with me with the words I'm going to say. He continues. He says, I fear, and he lists, here are the things that he is afraid that he will continue to see them not repenting of. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, and what else? Gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come to you again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have what? Who have sinned earlier and have not repented. They have not repented of the impurity sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. So here's the the skinny of it. He says, listen, I'm going to come back to you, and when I come back to you, I'm afraid of what I'm going to find because you should have repented of all of these things as a church and individuals in those churches. He said, the proper response is to repent. Did you notice that? There's a whole list of things, and he says, I'm afraid that when I come, I will find that you have not repented of those things. So what is the appropriate response as individuals and as a church If we find ourselves guilty of these things, discord, jealousy, anger, selfish ambition, you name it, specifically gossip listed here, what's the proper response? Well, quite simply, it's repentance, right? Repentance, it's not a complex word. It simply means to change your mind. That's literally what the word means. It's to change, to have a change of mind. However, it doesn't stop there. It's to change your mind about a particular sin and therefore change your action, right? It's to change your mind. It's to agree. God, I agree that this is sin. I recognize that it's wrong and not just that it's sin, but I want to turn away from it. I want to turn away from doing that. I want to confess my sin, agree with you that it is sin, God. I want to mourn the offense that my sin is to you, and I want to grieve over the offense that my sin uh, has been on other people, and I want to turn away from it. I want to change my mind about it and then turn away from it. That's what repentance means. And so I want to ask you a, a difficult question. For the past two weeks, we've been talking about gossip. We've defined gossip. We've seen four types of biblical gossipers, so to speak, four kind of gossips. And during that time period, you may have found yourself thinking, boy, that really sounds like me. Boy, that sounds like something I have done in the past. Or maybe it, it sounds like something I'm doing in the future. Or maybe, maybe you said, well, I'm not, I'm not verbally gossiping, but I'm allowing myself to be in a ring of gossip. I've not done anything to stop it. I've listened to it, and I've enjoyed it, and I've consumed it, right? Like we talked about last week. So maybe you find yourself there. Maybe you find yourself God's through his Holy Spirit, convicting you of gossip maybe in the present or in the past, what's the first thing you need to do? Biblically, the first thing you need to do is to have a repentant heart. And as we prepare to take the elements here in a minute, we're going to give you time, I'm going to give you time, i want to give all of us time to ask God, God, have I sinned against you? Have I been guilty of gossip? Is my heart inclined to listen to gossip? How have I sinned against you? And we can turn to Him and repent. I heard a I heard a story the other day of a a group of pastors that got together. Now, normally, when pastors get together, that's a good thing, right? I uh, enjoy getting together with a group of pastors myself. Um, However, this gathering didn't quite end the way that it should. So, four preachers uh, were in the habit of gathering together, and they mostly were engaged in small talk and things of their of their ministry. But one day, one of them came and said to the other three, "You know what? I." Uh, instead of engaging in small talk and talking about the sins of our congregation, maybe we should actually begin to share our own sins. We should confess our sins to one another like the Bible says, and, and we should pray for one another so that we may be healed. And uh, all of them agreed to do that. And so one of them began, and he confessed that he liked to, to go to movies and to, to see things that he, his church would not approve of, and so the others prayed for him. And the second then confessed and he said, you know what, I, I like to smoke cigars from time to time and, and I like to play cards and I like to gamble and my church would not approve and so they prayed for him. And then the third uh, began to confess and he confessed another sin. Finally, it came to the fourth pastor and the fourth uh, was hesitant. He didn't want to share with them his vice what he struggled with, and so they pleaded with him, come on, we've confessed our sins, we've prayed for one another, you've prayed for us, it's time for you to confess your sin. What is your secret? What is your vice? And uh, he uh, quietly said this, well, I struggle with gossip. I struggle with gossip, and I can hardly wait to get out of here and go tell everyone about what you said. (laughs) You know, that pastor didn't quite understand the biblical mandate of repentance because repentance is not only confessing, saying, God, I've done something wrong about it. I've, I've, I've been wrong. Confession, <laughs> confession and repentance is turning away from that in practice. So we'll give you a chance to do that in just a bit. So the first response is to repent. The second response, and this is where the rubber meets the road oftentimes, it's what I will call retraction. Uh, the second response is to retract. What do I mean by that? What what, is it, what should we retract? Well, what I mean by that is that when we've repented of gossip before God, the next step is that we retract our gossip. That is, we take it back. We apologize to the person either we gossiped about or the person that we gossiped to. We go about making right what we've made wrong with our gossip. Church, is that easy? No. This is very hard. It takes spiritual guts to do this. And yet, I think it's an appropriate response. Not only do I think it, but Jesus thinks that it's an appropriate response. If you have your Bibles open, turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? The first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5. I want us to see uh, some pertinent words from Jesus as he teaches about the significance of retracting our sin and making right what we've made wrong. Matthew chapter 5, specifically verses 23 through 24. Here in the context, it's, it's known as... Uh, Uh, Jesus is having his great Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is teaching on kind of a mountaintop. And in this particular section, he begins to shift gears and he begins to talk about how Christians should uh, should relate to one another. He talks about personal relationships. How should we relate to one another as Christians? And he begins to shift gears uh, there, talking about uh, personal relationships. Before these verses, Jesus talks about the significance of our anger, and in particular, the significance of our angry words. If we have angry words and if we express them at other people, if we if we call them names, if we say, You good for nothing, right? If we if we express our anger with the person verbally, Jesus essentially says, That's the same as murder. Right? That's crazy. But it's true. It's the same mode. If he says, if we if we speak out of anger, Words against a person, it's the same as murder. You're, you're guilty, you're worthy of, of the guilt of murder, and it's in that context. It's in this context, this context of words said in anger, that I think gossip fits. And Jesus says that we have the responsibility to retract our words and to seek reconciliation. So, so notice Matthew 5. Verse 23 through 24, therefore, if you are, so he's talking to us, if you are offering your gift at the altar, so if you're doing some kind of religious activity, right, if you're, if you're worshiping, if you're praying, if you're going to church, right, if you're reading your Bible, if you're doing some kind of religious activity to God, and there remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, then what should you do? So just remember, you're, you're doing something, you want to serve God, and you remember I've hurt someone. I've potentially harmed somebody. someone. Someone is not right with me because of something that I've done. What should we do? Should we just keep on offering ourselves to God? Well, what does he say? He says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. In other words, before you engage in worship and sacrifice to me, there's a relationship there that's broken, and it needs to be fixed before you enter into this relationship moment with me. First, first go and be what? Reconciled, First go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift, right? So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, along with any sin, but as we're thinking about the sin of gossip, if we can retract our gossip, if we can go and make it right, then we should, we have the responsibility to do that. Again, that could be coming to the person that we have gossiped about, and we can say, this is what I've said about you and it was wrong. Or this is what I've said about you and it's right, but I intended to hurt you. Or this is what I said about you and I did not mean to hurt you at all. However, maybe you took it that way. And so you go to them. Or maybe you go to the people that you gossiped with. Maybe you go to your group of friends or your coworkers or your kids or your family or whoever it was, and you say, this is what I said about so-and-so and it was wrong. This is what I said about so-and-so and it was right, but I intended to hurt them. This is what I said about so and so, and I was gossiping. Would you forgive me? And you go about the process of making this right again. Mitchell, in his book, I think, has helpful words. Helpful words. Uh, he essentially says this. He says repentance. Repentance is much more. Repentance is much more powerful than regret. The gospel is much more powerful than gossip. And so, when we go about doing this. We are releasing God's power to retract. So in many ways, whether uh, we've done it or not, uh, we need to go about doing uh, this act of retraction. So let me ask you a difficult question. Are there people that are popping t- up in your head? Are, th- are there conversations that are popping up in your mind and you say, maybe I need to go talk to that person. Maybe I need to go talk uh, with the person that I was talking about. And if so, maybe it's, maybe it's God telling you, not only do you need to repent, but you need to retract. Third we need to receive. And this is something that is so important. As Christians, I think this is something that is so important. Once we repent from our gossip, once we go about the hard work of retracting it, finally, we can receive God's forgiveness. We can receive God's cleansing. 1 John 1.9, many of you, maybe, maybe you have this verse memorized. It's a wonderful verse to memorize. It's a wonderful promise that God makes to Christians. It's this. John says, If we confess our sins... He, speaking of God, He is faithful and He is just and will forgive us of our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. So, what is the promise? One, we confess our sins. If we confess to God, this is wrong, I've, I've been guilty and I feel shame and I feel dirty. We confess our sins to Him. What is He faithful to do? What is the promise? He is faithful and He is just. And he will forgive us of our sins. That is, if we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we have the promise of the forgiveness of our sins, past, present, and future. However, we still go to him, we confess our sin, and we say, God, I messed up. I claim this forgiveness that I have through personal faith in you. And not only will he forgive us, but notice this. This is where it gets good. And purify us. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. Biblically speaking, what sin does, one of the things sin does is it makes us dirty. That's the biblical language. Sin makes us feel dirty. And when we feel dirty, what do we do? Uh, maybe after you go exercise, if you enjoy exercising, maybe you've had a, a hard day's labor outside and you're, and you're filthy, you're dirty, you've got oil or grease or dirt all over you. What do you want to do? You just want to go take a shower, right? You want to go take a bath. You don't, I don't think any of us really like feeling dirty, Spiritually, the Bible says when we sin, we're dirty, but when we confess our sins, God forgives us and he gives us a spiritual bath as Christians. He purifies us and takes away the the sin and the the stain and and the guilt that we feel. And so what we're going to do for the remainder of our time is we're going to give you a chance to respond. Give you a chance to respond. Um, How do we respond with any sin? The sin of gossip and any other sin. Well, we confess it and we recognize that we have forgiveness of sins through personal faith in Jesus. And this is what this is all about. So we're going we're gonna to take this. We're going to give you a few minutes. Uh, take some time to, to, to repent Take if you need to. Take some time to confess. Take some time to ask God to reveal sin, in particular maybe the sin of gossip in your life. Think about maybe whom you need to talk to if you need to retract it. And in doing so, we... we we remember that the body of, of Jesus, as symbolized by the bread, was broken for us. And we remember that his blood, symbolized by the juice, was spilt for us so that we, those sinners, can be right with him through faith in what he did on the cross and his resurrection. And not only that, but we can be cleansed and be made clean from all of our sins and our regret and our shame. So uh, we'll throw in some music and uh, take just a few minutes to prepare to take communion confess your sin, pray, and when you're ready, come and remember that we don't have to live in shame and regret. The gospel is more powerful than gossip, and repentance is more powerful than regret, and we celebrate that as we take the elements. So take some time, prepare, and uh, when you take the elements, uh, feel free to go. Thanks for coming.